Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flyered Up Podcast. I'm your host, Amadeo Gracia, along with my partner, Chris Mayer. And we have a motto here at the Flyered Up Podcast that I literally just thought of this second. We do not chant the Eagles chant at Flyers games. Oh, no, 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 we do not. We do not. That is oh. one of my biggest pet peeves at a Flyers game, man. Oh, my God. It's, it didn't happen during the game. It was after the game. I, I was there, like, leaving, and, like, I heard at least five. I was Unreal. just like, I was just like, oh my goodness, not again. <laughs> I have <laughs> it, no words. Yeah, basically, it's no words for that. It shouldn't happen. But regardless, the Flyers took on the San Jose Sharks tonight. First game after the trade deadline. We see Nate Thompson. We see Derek Grant first times in their Flyers uniforms. And the Flyers pull out a victory against the San Jose Sharks by a score of four to two. Nicholas Albeck Kubel gets on the board. Kevin Hayes gets on the board twice. Also, Travis Konechny. And Carter Hart gives us a pretty nice performance in net. So, Chris, what are your thoughts on tonight's Flyers win? It was a very solid game, I will say that. First period kind of scared me a little bit, though, because it reminded me of that game, uh, that last game versus San Jose, that they got absolutely smoked in 6-1. to one. Um, I don't know. The first period was okay. It definitely would have, could have been a lot better, but it was expected with the new guys with chemistry and a bunch of different things like that. And again, like the, the as I said, the lines were different. They're coming in and everyone's expecting. Uh, yesterday they said Grant was going to be on the second line. He actually got moved down to the third line center. Lawton took his spot on the second line. And the lines were a little bit different. The third and fourth line couldn't really get anything going. The Flyers' best line in the first period was the uh, that Drew, Couturier, and Voracek line, which has been one of their best lines in really in recent games. Uh, but again, it was it was a good game. The second period, the Flyers woke up. They got a couple chances that, as I said, the Konechny, Hayes, and Lawton line was just unreal tonight. They had, I believe, like seven or eight points, something along those lines. They had a really good game. Uh, and again, Carter Hart was very good. The, the defense was good. Power play gets a goal early, uh, especially the second unit too, with the uh, addition of Albe Kubel to that power play unit, and then uh, Joel Farabee being sent down, which was good. Albe Kubel, he pot, he potted his sixth goal. Uh, he, I think he's been playing unreal since uh, he's been called up. It was oh, a good, solid game for the Flyers. Uh, it, it wasn't. It wasn't their best game. It wasn't uh, their best win, but it was a solid win uh, in regards to the second and third period. But they might have to. Uh, they might have to shake up that first period a little bit, especially coming into a hot team like the Rangers uh, on Friday and Saturday or Friday and Sunday. Excuse me. Oh yeah, definitely. Even though like you looked bad in the victory, the points. Well, not bad. In the, you had a bad first period, but you managed to play a really good forty minutes after that. But you still get the points no matter what. But like you said, Chris, the Flyers do have to shake up that first period a little bit. I don't know yeah. how you could start that. I don't know how you can get the first goal and then like lose control of the first period. I just, that just boggles me. It's just unreal. Well, yeah, I, I don't even know what it is, man. Like we we've we've literally tried to narrow it down to how many things: confidence, or if it was just dead defense, goaltending, whatever. There's been so many things that we've said, and not just us, many other people too, fans, media, things like that. And no one knows what the hell it is. It's just unreal. It really is. I he, I just can't I can't put my tongue on it. And the only excuse I can think of is flyers. It's, it's, <laughs> that's the only excuse. And, and and the Sharks' first goal tonight too, scored by Kelman, <laughs> his second NHL goal. The first NHL goal he scored was against the exact same team in the Flyers back in December when they played them. That is a Flyers. That spells yes. Flyers right there, man. Yeah, it just go. does. The only excuse you can think of is flyers only excuse 
So, like Chris was talking about, the Flyers, we get on the board first, early power play, and it's Nicholas Albe-Kubel on that second unit getting a chance up there, and he pots in a one-timer from James Van Riemsdyk into the open net, past Arendelle. It's a one nothing Flyers lead on the power play goal right there. But then after that goal, so the Flyers, they get the first six shots of the game. After that, San Jose gets the next 13. And they're literally just controlling the, the pace of the game throughout the first period. And that leads to a goal by Joel Kellman, the guy who scored both his first career goals against the Flyers. So it's 1-1 after the first period. And San Jose just kept pushing. They kept pushing. And they also get a power play going into the second period. And that just, what is going on at this point? What is going on in this first period? But the Flyers, they wake up in the second period. They kill off that power play, and the Flyers get a rush from the second line going down the other end. And it's Travis Konechny to Scott Lawton to Kevin Hayes. He puts it past Arendelle on the one-timer. It's 2-1 Flyers. Hayes is 20th on the season from Lawton and Konechny. But San Jose decides to challenge this goal for offside. And from the replay, it was close, though. It was very close, but... Travis Connecting had his skate still on the blue line as he was entering the zone before the puck crossed in. So if Travis Connecting's skate was lifted up, that the, the left skate that was on the blue line, if that skate was lifted up, that play would be offside. But since his skate was down, he's technically deemed on he's technically deemed offside or onside, actually. If his skate was lifted up, it would be offside. Mm-hmm. So the linesmen, the refs, they discussed, they reviewed it. It was it was confirmed it was a good goal. And also, San Jose got a penalty for delay of the game for losing the challenge of the play. But the Flyers don't do anything on that. Apparently, it was atrocious, by the way. <laughs> it definitely was. It definitely was. But we go halfway into the second period. It's the second line once again. Travis Connecty with a nice pass. No, not, not Travis Connecty. Kevin Hayes with a nice pass to Travis Connecty. who gets a little short breakaway, puts it five-hole past Aaron Dell. Connecty's 22nd on the season. It's 3-1 Flyers going into the third period. And San Jose, they do get some chances here and here, here and there. Evander Kane gets a mini breakaway, but Carter Hart is there to stop majority of those San Jose chances in the second period. So we go to the third, still 3-1 to one Flyers. And early on, the Flyers do score again to make it 4-1, but let me break down this sequence because it's very weird. So it's the second line once again, and Kevin Hayes just rips a one-timer, completely misses the net, almost kills Travis Connecting with it, as Connecting is going around the net, and the puck is literally just bouncing back and forth. No one no one wants to have control of this damn thing. But then it eventually lands on the stick of Travis Connecting, who gives it to Scott Lawton, who gives it to Kevin Hayes, who shoots it, and it just trickles by Aaron Dell and barely into the net. It's a 4-1 Flyers lead. Kevin Hayes is 21st on the season, and like Chris said earlier, that's the eighth point of the night for that second line. Lawton and Konechny get the assists on that goal. But then San Jose, I, I wouldn't say they wake up, but the Flyers have majority of the chances halfway through the third period. But then Claude Giroux makes a really bad turnover in his own zone. San Jose jumps on that and is Noah Gregor, who one times it past Carter Hart to make it a 4-2 Flyers lead. That's Gregor's second on the season. And San Jose, they get chances here and there, but the Flyers manage to st- stay put defensively. They manage to run with it, and they seal off the game. They s- seal off this win and win by a score of 4-2. to two. 
If you look at the shot totals from this game, the Flyer, the San Jose actually had the edge in shots from, by a shot total of 28 to 27 in favor of the Sharks. Your three stars of tonight's game, Matt Niskanen with the third star, Travis Connecting with the second, and Kevin Hayes with the third star. And not, Kevin Hayes with the first star, actually. And Kevin Hayes, once again, <laughs> we had another chance to get a hat trick in this game. And Scott, Lo- when when the net was empty for the for the San Jose Sharks, Scott Lowen was giving it off to Kevin Hayes, and he was going to shoot it, and it just didn't happen. It's just like, come on. <laughs> it, it felt like Scott Lawton just couldn't get lucky in this game because he had chances to score, and he just mm. couldn't do it. Like he's yeah, he did. he's he's feeling a little bit of the uh, the effects of the uh, ha- the uh, third goal from uh, the previous game where he missed the open net. Right. <laughs> from shooting it so it's just like come on Scotty you can you can bury one at least but <laughs> but hey the Flyers get the win they get the two points and it's a pretty important two points right here because there's a lot of teams around the NHL well in the Metropolitan Division actually that didn't get the wins today and that helps the Flyers a lot in the standings and if we look at the scores around the NHL right now so there was a lot of games in action on this busy Tuesday night the first game would be this Columbus Blue Jackets off to Minnesota to take on the Wild. The Wild take that one in regulation. They went by a score of 5-4. to four. Thank so, God. So Columbus does not record a point. The next game on hand, the Nashville Predators and the Ottawa Senators. Nashville takes that one by a score of 3-2. to two. And then we get one of the crazier games of the night between the St. Louis Blues and the Chicago Blackhawks. And literally in the third period, no one wanted to hold the lead. No one. It was literally... 3-2 at one point, then a couple seconds later, it was 3-3, then it was 4-3, 4-4, 5-4, then finally the Blues decided to put the icing on the cake and make it 6-5, and that's how the game ended. So the Blues take that one by a, a score of 6-5. And then we get the game of the century, the New Jersey Devils taking on the Detroit Red Wings. You've and seen the, like New- the final preview there. Basically. And the New Jersey Devils take that one by a score of 4-1. to one. And then we get another important game for the Flyers right here. The Dallas Stars taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. Dallas takes this one by a score of 4-1. to one. So the Hurricanes, they don't get a point in the standings from tonight's game. And then more Metropolitan Division matchups for the Flyers. The Winnipeg Jets, they take on the Washington Capitals. The Capitals get this one in a shootout by a score of 4-3. to three. Winnipeg did tie it late the force overtime. And also, Braden Holtby in the shootout made a fantastic save on Patrick Laine. And... The Washington Capitals, they managed to win that game in the shootout 4-3. to And then we get the New York rivalry of the Rangers and the Islanders tonight. So one Metro team was going to get points, and sadly both these teams did get points tonight. But it's the Rangers that will get the extra one. They win it in overtime by a score of 4-3. to And then the Atlantic Division matchups right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Toronto gets this win against Tampa Bay by a score of 4-3. to And then other games on tap. You got the Vancouver Canucks taking on the Montreal Canadiens. Vancouver takes this game in overtime by a score of 4-3. to three. And then the game between the Calgary Flames and the Boston Bruins. Calgary takes this one against the Bruins at against the Bruins in TD Garden. That's a rare home loss in regulation for the Bruins. Calgary takes this one by a score of 5-2. to two. And then mm. our, there are two games that are still in action currently. We have the Edmonton Oilers in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. The Ducks are currently winning that game by a score of 2 to nothing in the second period. In the last game on tap right now, that is still currently in action. It's the Florida Panthers in Arizona to take on the Coyotes. They are knotted at one apiece in the third period as I speak. 
So, a lot of games on tap. A lot of teams that are in the Flyers' path right now, or behind the Flyers, I should say, that didn't get points tonight. And that bodes well for the Flyers right now. If we look at the standings currently, the Metropolitan Division, with the Capitals' win in the shootout today, they now hold first place with 84 points. They are 39-18-6. They are currently on a two-game winning streak. And Pittsburgh currently on a three-game losing streak right now. They are 37-18-6 with 80 points. And get this, the Flyers are a point behind the Pittsburgh Penguins at 36-20-7 for 79 points. The Flyers, honestly, if they keep this up, they can find themselves in second place. They can find themselves in first place. Yeah, yeah, they're only five points out of first. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, we wouldn't have expected that a month ago, honestly. No. Honestly, to be honest with you, I predicted this team to get second place, and people call me crazy for second. Honest, well, at the point, honestly, you could have been called crazy because you know past Flyers events. Yeah. But hey, at least it may, this might be a prediction that bodes beneficial for you. For definitely, once. yeah, for once. And it's funny because <laughs> because I bash you about uh, you know pron- pronouncing names, and you bash me for getting predictions wrong. So I guess we're even now. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! <laughs> if we look at the Atlantic Division standings right now. Boston, after losing the the Calgary, they are still in first place in the Atlanta division. They are 39-13-12 with 90 points. Honestly, Boston and Tampa, they're most likely going to be the teams that fight for the President's Trophy. Currently, I would say Boston's probably going to edge out in that President's Trophy race. And then you get Tampa in second place. They got 85 points. They are 40-18-5. And And then in third place, all the way down there, 11 points behind Tampa is the Toronto Maple Leafs. They are 33-23-8 with 74 points. If we look at the Eastern Conference wildcard race right now, New York Islanders, they hold the first wildcard spot right now after their overtime loss to the New York Rangers. They are 35-20-7 with 77 points. And Columbus right now, they hold the second wildcard spot as for now. They they are 31-20-14. That's a lot of overtime losses with 76 points. And the team's looking out right now. The Carolina Hurricanes, they got 74 points. And the New York Rangers, they continue to win. They are currently on a four-game win streak. They have 72 points. And they are four points out of the second wildcard spot currently. And then you get the Florida Panthers. They are six points currently out of the wildcard spot. But they are also four points behind the Toronto Maple Leafs for third place in the Atlantic. So Florida, right now your only hope is probably for that third-place spot in the Atlantic Division. The wildcard is mainly probably going to be these Metropolitan teams. Right. Most likely. And if we transfer over to the Western Conference, the Central Division is still first place held by the St. Louis Blues. They have 82 points at 36, 17, and 10. Dallas holds second place with 80 points. They are 37, 20, and 6. Then you get the Colorado Avalanche. They have 79 points. They are 36, 18, and 7. Go to the Pacific Division. Vegas holds first place with 76 points. 34, 22, and 8 for them. Second place is the Vancouver Canucks. They have 74 points. They are 34, 22, and 6. And then third place are the Edmonton Oilers. They are 33, 22, and 7 with 73 points. So not that much separation between those top three teams in the Pacific Division. Honestly, every division, there's not that much separation. Besides the Atlantic, honestly. Yeah, definitely. And And honestly, because that's the weakest division. Oh, it definitely is. If you if you put majority of the teams from the Easter Conference, they would be running away with that Pacific Division, mm-hmm. running away with it. And if we yeah. look at the Western Conference wild card race, 
Calgary, they hold the first wild card spot with 72 points. They are 30 through 23, 25 and 6. And their goal differential is still in the negatives. They're a minus 6. How in God's name are you still in the wild card race? I have no idea. They just keep winning somehow. They just somehow keep winning. And in the second wild card spot, and this is a three way tie, honestly, it's between Nashville, Winnipeg, and Arizona. So currently, as I'm looking at the standings, Nashville is in that second wild card spot. They have 70 points. 31, 23, and 8. But Winnipeg and Arizona, they also have 70. Winnipeg is 32, 27, and 6. Arizona is 31, 26, and 8. So I would assume with the regulation overtime wins or... Oh, okay, I see why Nashville is in that second wild card spot because they have three games in hand on Winnipeg and the Arizona Coyotes. Nashville has played 62 games. Winnipeg and Arizona have played 65 each. So, ah. I, so I can see why Nashville is holding that second wild card spot currently okay so that's very very interesting right there very interesting but it's nice to see from the flyer standpoint them being five points out of first place and a point behind second that is very nice i like it, it. is i obviously i like it a lot and i i, I would assume <laughs> i mean like it's oh my god man this has just been i say it a lot i know i do but this has been such a good season Yes, it definitely has been. It's been a very, very good season. Very good. And also, after this win, Elaine Vigneault does move in tied for 10th in all-time coaching wins. He's tied Pat Quinn. I think the total is 695, if I'm not wrong. I think it is 695, the total is. So that's a nice nice win, right? That's a nice... uh, milestone right there for Elaine Vigneault in the press conference today someone asked him about that and he said eh, it's not important to me <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's funny too also someone said in a tweet about Elaine Vigneault someone like a bar in Philadelphia better name a martini after him because he drinks so many martinis and he mentions them so much I and, hope they do that would be insane that would be and I want to see that whenever I, really, I get to the drinking age that might have to be the, my first drink <laughs> the Elaine Vigneault the AV martini I feel like that's what it's going to be called the, yeah the AV martini the A.V. Martini. Oh, boy. Why does that rhyme? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That is... Oh, my God. <laughs> That's funny. So, if we if we look on games that are on tap for tomorrow, there's only three games on tomorrow. Currently, the Wednesday night hockey games are at 8 p.m. The Buffalo Sabres taking on the Colorado Avalanche. That'll be on NBC Sports Network at 8 p.m. That's a very odd game for it. Wednesday night hockey, but I can understand because there's only three games. The second game on tap, this is not on NBC Sports Network, are the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. That's at 10.30. And the second NBC Sports Network game for Wednesday night hockey are the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Los Angeles Kings. That's at 10.30. So, very odd games for Wednesday night hockey. Very odd. But I couldn't get it because it's only three games. So, eh, I I guess I have no right to judge. (laughs) No right to judge whatsoever. Yeah, you're and, right. It, it is a little weird, but I mean, again, it's it's still. I mean, I'm not. It's mostly going to be a good game. Oh, definitely. They're definitely going to be great games. I would say honestly that Buffalo Colorado game. Honestly, it could be underrated because everyone would probably expect that Colorado was going to destroy Buffalo. But mm-hmm. I feel like that could be a very good game to watch. And yeah. I, I feel I feel like NBC Sports Network should have put Vegas and Edmonton on there because that's a Pacific Division race right there. That should be that should be on national television. But yeah, no, but Pittsburgh they have the Kings. Uh, yeah, and that's probably just because the the Penguins get more ratings. 
Yeah, def- that's definitely a reason why. And if we go towards the weekend for the Philadelphia Flyers, we have a home-and-home home with the New York Rangers, who are currently as hot as the Philadelphia Flyers are right now. Both teams are currently on four-game winning streaks. And if we look at the New York Rangers right now, their leading point-getter is Artemi Panarin. He is living up to his contract that he signed in the offseason. He has 83 points on the season, 31 goals, 52 assists. And if you look behind Artemi Panarin, the next point-getter, is Mika Zibanejad. He has 60 points on the season, 28 goals, 32 assists, and that's only in 48 games played. Imagine if he's played the amount of games that the Rangers played this season. Do you think he? Do you think he's more points than Panarin, or do you think he's at the same pace with Panarin? I'd say he'd have well, maybe like five or six more. Five or six more than Panarin? Yeah, probably. How how many points did you say he had? He has 60 points in 48 games played. He 68. He has 60 points in 40. 60, games. okay. Yeah, again, this freaking... Oh. <laughs> this thing is just cutting out all the time, man. It's kind of annoying, but... Uh, yeah, that's Skype for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not uh, it's not horrible. Um, I think they're pretty decent points for playing almost 50 games. I mean, that's it's kind of absurd at this point in the season. It's like he's only played 50 games. Wow, that's a that's that's a pretty good number, though. That is that, def- that definitely is. And the point getters behind Mika Zibanejad, Ryan Strom, he has fifty five points on the season. And then in the, the recently extended Chris Kreider, he has forty five points. And the Philadelphia native Tony D'Angelo, forty five points on the season for him. And if we look at the goaltending for the New York Rangers, with Igor Shosturkin out for a while after that car crash that he recently suffered. Now we're looking at Alexander Georgiev and Hendrik Lundqvist. So Georgiev on the season, he has played in 28 games. He is 14-12-1, a 2.98 goals against average, and a 9-12 save percentage with two shutouts. And if we look at Hendrik Lundqvist's stats, he has also played in 28 games. He is 10-11-3 with a 3.12 goals against average and a 9.07 save percentage with one shutout. And if you want to look at Igor Shosturkin's stats just to see how hot he was when he was on the Rangers, he started in 10 games for the Rangers. He's 9-1-0 with a 2.23 goals against average and a 9.40 save percentage. That's how good he was playing in those 10 games when he was recently caught up. That's That that shows to go you how good the Rangers were playing when he was in that. So I wouldn't say it's still going to be a very tough task this weekend for the Flyers. Credit how hot the Rangers are. But maybe they're going to get a break with the goaltender in net, meaning that's going to be Georgiev or Lundqvist, both goaltenders. Honestly, haven't been playing the best this season. Georgiev is probably the better out of the bunch right there with Shesterkin out. But it's going to be it's still going to be a very difficult task, even though the Flyers did beat the Rangers previously 5-1 to one back in Philadelphia, I think, back in December. So it's going to be a pretty interesting weekend home-and-home home series between these two teams. The Flyers... What do you think, Chris? Do you think the Flyers can get some four four out of four points against this team, or do you think it's going to be more tougher than Columbus? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's 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 a good question because both teams were were yeah. I mean, both I mean both teams that they're facing in a home and home are pretty good teams. They were lucky with Columbus that they went into it with a, a six game six game losing streak. 
um, and they were able to pounce on them at home. They got a couple lucky bounces, and they fought to the end uh, in that overtime game. But uh, I don't know. I honestly don't see them getting four points. I would love it. I, that would be in real if they get four points out of this uh, out of this home and home series here. But I'm thinking one and one, and I think the Flyers will win the home game. The Rangers are going to win that uh, that game back in New York on March 1st. And if my prediction is right, which I'm hoping it is, which, again, don't count me on this, the Flyers should be able to win out February. And I said that before that I think they can win out February, and they have one game left. Down, just don't lo- just don't ruin it for me. I swear to God, <laughs> there's just gonna be that there's that the feeling in the back of my mind that they're gonna lose this game, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're gonna win that game in March. I'm gonna say you couldn't just do it the opposite. <laughs> like, it's just it, it's just my it's luck, a, man. It's, it's just, just my like, luck. Why? Yeah. Like, why it, could? But I from that feel I feel like the Flyers can possibly get three points out of four in this series. I feel like I feel like the home game. I feel like the Flyers will be a lot better in on Friday. But I think if they go to New York, I feel like they might go to overtime, and I feel like they might get the point out of that game. So I'm feeling three out of four possible points here, which is still pretty good. Yeah. In in regards, on if you look at the standings, the Rangers are five points beyond the five points beyond the Flyers. Really, the Rangers races for the wild card as of now. Right. So the Flyer, all the Flyers have to do is just get points. And yeah, they're all they gotta do is keep winning. I am yeah, not necessarily worried of about them. You know, like who's behind them? Just worry about yourself right now. Yeah, I understand like the whole thing, but when you're look, when you're trying to look and focus on a team that's three or four spots behind you and may not be able to get there, uh, I don't know. Now, I do see the Rangers making the playoffs with the injury to Merz Lincoln's last night for Columbus. I don't know how long he is out, and even if there was uh, an update on him. Um, I'm actually checking that right now just to see if there was, but and also you have the Carolina Hurricanes with their both Mariah's again Rhymer out for probably long periods of time, right? And they're relying on AHL goaltenders and Anton Forsberg, and that's it, that's just gonna be a tough, difficult task for them. They lost today to Dallas, so who knows if they start to drop off and New York kind of slides up with the Islanders with the way mm-hmm. they're playing right now. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, as so- so there ha- there hasn't actually been a update on Mers Lincoln's. They said uh, he's not in the projected lineup for tonight's for for which was tonight's game versus Minnesota. Uh, but he exited Monday's game over the center with an undisclosed injury and will miss at least one game. Uh, and then they said Kiv Kiv Lennox will take over as Columbus's number two netminder until Mers Lincoln's is ready. So if he is out long term. Uh, or maybe just like a week or something like that. That can really hurt Columbus there. Definitely. Uh, and they have so many injuries right now. It's insane. They have a plethora of injuries, and they still don't even have a Corpus Allo back. Right. That's that's just gonna be. Honestly, it's the uh, for the from a flyer standpoint. Honestly, like you feel, you feel bad for saying it, but it's honestly the best case scenario. It is. <laughs> it and, and is. Again, like I feel, I don't want to say it like that because I don't want to. Like I, I don't want to make it like I'm sounding like I'm cheering on guys getting injured, but like. It, it's crazy because I, I I thought the same exact thing with the uh, with the uh, the Rangers with the car crash. I yeah. was like, oh, man. I was like, that is horrible. That, that honestly, like, that's horrible. I'm not just saying that. That 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 sucks. And not even and again, like as a hockey standpoint, that does suck. But if you're a Flyers fan, that does help them out because if they do have Shesterkin out for a while, uh, or at least like a week or two weeks or whatever it was, uh, I think they said he was evaluated in like two weeks. So yeah, he might said he, be. They said he might be out like a month. 
yeah, he's going to be reevaluated. Re- I think he's going to be in the hospital for the next two weeks. When then he'll be re- reevaluated. So who knows how long he's going to be out? Honestly, with that rib injury. Yeah, that who is knows? true. And then, so for the Flyers' standpoint, let's hope they can get some nice, decent points out of this home and home with the New York Rangers. It's going to be a very nice series of rivalries between Broad Street and Broadway. And before we wrap up this episode of the Florida Podcast, let's look at the uh, NHL's point leaders in the league right now. We haven't done that in a while. And it's honestly, we're getting towards March, and there's a lot, there's a lot, there's some players that are nearing towards 100 points right now. Specifically, a guy like Leon Dreisaitl. He currently has 98 points on the season. So, looks like the Art Ross is going to go to him, definitely. I would say possibly the Hart Trophy, even, from the way he's playing. And then maybe. you get the, and maybe and if you look at the number two guy behind him, ten points behind actually is David Pasternak. He has eighty eight points on the season. He has forty five goals in the end of February. Forty five goals. Mm-hmm. And Ugh. Austin Matthews is up there as well, and yeah, so Matthews. is Alex Ovechkin. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's crazy. It's it's really crazy. Then the third guy behind Pasternak is Artemi Panarin. He has eighty five points currently. And then fourth is Nathan McKinnon with 84. Same thing as Connor McDavid in fifth. He has 84 points as well. And if we look at the goal leaders, like Chris was talking about, so David Pasternak, he's in first with the 45. And then tied for second is Alex Ovechkin and Austin Matthews. They both have 43 goals. And then far behind Austin Matthews in fourth place and fifth place, actually, is Sebastian Ajo and Leon Dreisaitl. They both have 36 goals on the season, so... A lot of scoring, honestly, in the, in the NHL this season. And do you think Dreisaitl can match or get near to what Kucherov did last season with the 126 points? Do you think it's possible in this final month? Yes. You think and it's possible? I say that because if McDavid is coming to a return, which is pretty close. No, he he's already back. Oh, he's back? Yeah, he's been back. for like a Really? Day. I think he's been back for at least a game or two. Oh, okay. See, yeah, I didn't know that because I they said something that like he was uh he was supposed to be back and I kinda got crossed up with the days and stuff like that there. But uh again, um with McDavid coming back and the guys that they just added at the trade deadline, man, I, I, I honestly could see maybe uh Dreisaitl breaking uh with Kucherov. I could maybe see Dreisaitl end it with 130, 130, 130 plus points. And that's definitely very possible with like a whole month left in the season still. Yeah, that is very possible. Definitely. Let's just hope he doesn't get hurt or anything like that. I, I wouldn't want to see that because th- this is a nice season right now for Leon Dreisaitl. It is. And this is def. This is definitely for him. I definitely Art Ross season. I'm I'm not sure what the Hart Trophy right now because I'm not sure like who the top candidates are right now in the NHL. But definitely Leon Dreisaitl should be in consideration for the Hart Trophy. I would say him, possibly David Pasternak as well. Maybe, uh, well, you know, Connor McDavid's definitely going to be in the discussion. Nathan McKinnon definitely will be in the discussion as well. Who knows if Artemi Panarin could be in the discussion, too, for the Hart Trophy. Yeah, that is a good point. So it's going to be a very interesting race in this final month for the NHL. But the Flyers have to wrap up February still this Friday against the New York Rangers. With this home-and-home, they will play this Friday at home at the Wells Fargo Center. And then the first Sunday in March against the New York Rangers in Madison Square Garden. So let's hope the Flyers can get some points here against the New York Rangers in this home-and-home to increase their point total. And let's see if they can get the 80 points before the month of February ends. That'll be nice to see to 
to get some nice point separation in the standings and still solidify that spot in the top three of the Metropolitan Division. So, that's going to do it for this episode of the Florida Podcast. We will be back to wrap up the first game of this home-and-home between the Flyers and the Rangers. So, for now, I'm Amadeo Garcia. He is Chris Mayer. And we will see you after this first game on Friday against the New York Rangers. See you later, everyone.